Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi, everyone. This is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. I'm excited to have Sridhar Ramaswamy, who's currently the CEO and co-founder of Neva an ad-free and people-personal consumer-focused search service built with privacy at the foundation. He was earlier with Google as the company's senior vice president of advertising and commerce, where he oversaw all of Google's advertising and commerce products, including search, display, and video advertising, analytics, shopping, payments, and travel. She grew up in India and holds a bachelor's degree in computer science from the Indian Institute of Technology, Madras, and he also earned his master's and PhD degree in computer science from Brown University. Welcome to the show, Shreda. Thank you. Uh, it's a delight to be here, Rohit. Really appreciate your having me. Awesome. So, uh, uh, you know, you've, you've been a veteran in Google and, uh, you, uh, you know, you come from uh, India, which is my native place. Um, and how did you get into uh, into this crazy world of, of tech and how did you get into Google? Yeah. So uh, I grew up in South India and, uh, you know, after some uh, fits and starts, uh, I got into IIT Madras. Uh, I tried twice. I didn't do well the first time, and I tried again. Uh, I got a CS degree from IIT Madras and then came to do a PhD at uh, Brown University on the East Coast of the U.S. I actually worked in research labs, Bell Communications Research and Bell Labs in New Jersey for about five years before moving out to the Valley to work for a startup. Um, Google was my uh, second uh, company in the Valley that uh, I uh, joined. Um, and, uh, you know, I worked for a company called Epiphany, which was your more classic dot-com boom and bust. Uh, I joined Google sort of after that. Um, you know, on the path, I did research for 10 years before switching over um, to being a software engineer. Um, and uh, it comes from like this basic uh, element of software, um, which is your ability to create useful tools for other people. That's fascinated me. Um, and software is also very malleable. Uh, it is that that's really attracted me and to sort of being in tech. I'm very much a software engineer. I got it. And uh, you know, how, how did the, you get the chance to work in Google? Did you know somebody in Google during that time? Uh, you know, how, how did you get that opportunity? Um, so Google had a ridiculously difficult interview process then. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was famously difficult. Um, I did have a friend, uh, my first manager at Epiphany. Uh, his name is Mehran Sahami, uh, who, uh, you know, submitted my application. But really, all that did was it got you an interview. You right. had to survive the um, interview just like six plus hours of uh, answering pretty difficult questions on, uh, you know, on a whiteboard. Uh, it was really a bit of a gauntlet, uh, but I got to the Google team after getting through, uh, getting through this interview, but uh, I did get the opportunity because I knew someone personally that was already at Google, Mero. Right, very, very interesting. And no, I still un uh, understand that, you know, uh, it's, it's not easy to get into Google. Uh, the interview process is, is still very, very difficult. Uh, and, and, you know, how, how was your experience working at Google and, you know, you handled more than 10,000 people in the company? Uh, how, how was that experience all about? Yeah, leadership at that kind of level is, uh, is surreal because uh, you have enormous impact 
on so many people uh, and uh, on very, very large businesses at that kind of a scale. Uh, you learn a lot about what it takes to be a good leader. Uh, see, some senior leaders fall um, victim to sort of not ever giving hard feedback, of always wanting to be seen as the nice person, of not being demandable enough. Those things work only when there is no problem with the business. Um, I learned a lot about what it took to attract great people into the team, about how you kept them, how you motivated them, how you give positive feedback to encourage people, but also how you gave negative feedback um, you know, when the situation was called for and really set the bar for what you were expecting from, uh, you know, from people. Um, it, uh, uh, it can be overwhelming, uh, but it is also a very rewarding experience because you see how much impact you have on the world quarter after quarter, um, because you not only have all of these people that depend on you kind of that are part of your team, but also the overall impact that your team has on the world. You know, the Google Ads team moves several hundred billion dollars worth of GMV every year. Um, this is the value of the goods that are being transacted as a result of uh, as a result of ads, um, and so it's a it's a very rewarding but also very humbling experience to deal with uh, an organization that large. Right. Yeah, interesting, and uh, you know you talked about giving uh, you know negative feedback to to your peers and all. Uh, you know I worked in teams, and sometimes it becomes a little difficult to. It's easy to give you know positive feedback, but any any. Uh, thoughts on you know how do you how do you handle giving negative feedback in a, in a company uh, uh, with, uh, with with such high, uh, ambitious people uh, like in Google? Yeah, so this is a difficult problem. I acknowledge that, uh, and it is first of all, it's really important to understand that um, not giving like feedback for improvement. I would less call it negative feedback. That was a poor choice of phrase on my part. It is more constructive feedback about what can be done better. Um, first of all, the thing that you have to understand is that shying away from difficult conversations is bad for you and is bad for the relationship that you want to have. Um, you want to be able to discuss difficult topics also. Um, and uh, any team uh, that is of a non-trivial size has lots of these kinds of issues. You know, things cannot be going perfectly. So first yeah. is this realization um, that being able to be honest about expectations is important. That's part one. Part two is making your expectations clear, ideally beforehand. You don't want to go surprise somebody that you are expecting something that they then did not do. You always want to make sure that you have common expectations. So setting that up is also important. Having processes that make it clear when things are not going well is the is the next part. So you have to be open. Uh, you know, you have to set up processes that highlight where things are not going well. Then comes the tough, honest conversations about what we could have done differently or how expectations were not met. So if you have sort of a framework like this of not avoiding hard conversations, having clear expectations. Um, having it be clear when expectations are not met and engaging in a spirit of we need to get to the bottom of this and here are things that you could have done better, we could have done better um, is the framework that you need to have 
these difficult conversations when you're offering constructive um, feedback for how people can do better. In general, you should not surprise people with negative feedback um, because you didn't make expectations clear. I would say that's that's a really important part. Got it. That's that's interesting. And uh, you you know you had a long stint in Google, uh, and and then you moved to uh, Greylock. Uh, you know how 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 was your experience in in Greylock uh, uh, as a venture partner? Yeah, I was a venture partner. Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, but the voice uh, is is a little different. Yeah, so uh, Shreda, you, you had a long stint at Google and then you uh, decided to move to Greylock. Um, how was your experience there as, as a venture partner? Uh, I only had a brief stint at Greylock as a venture partner um, before we started Neva. I'm a part, part-time venture partner. Uh, Greylock is one of uh, you know, the best venture institutions in the world um, and learning uh, from a group of very talented people you know, Ashim, Sarah, um, Reed, and many others like them um, was and is an amazing uh, experience. Uh, the startup world is changing a lot. How companies are funded now and how quickly they grow today is very different from how things were five years. So it was, it was uh, you know, it was a privilege to be a venture partner full-time uh, at Greylock. But then Vivek and I started Neva soon afterwards and so I'm very much part-time at, uh, at Greylock now. All right. And, um, you know, uh, how do you look at the current uh, fundraising campaign, especially, you know, uh, the, the funding has really spiked uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, in, in fact, in COVID, I, I thought the funding uh, would, would really go down, but it really peaked up. Uh, and even in a country like India, where uh, there are a lot of investments which are gone to Reliance Industries and uh, all over the world as well. But... Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Today, I have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. So I think it is a consequence of the fact that people are realizing there are giant companies to be created even now. Uh, so much of our world, whether it is finance um, or enterprise software or even consumer software, is being disrupted in a massive way by how many things are moving online. Literally, all of the activities that we used to do offline whether it is getting food, getting groceries, um, you know, all of these things are uh, banking. All of these things are moving online. And so you see a ton of companies being created. At one level, you can argue that too much money is being invested into startups and not all of them are going to be enormously successful. It's just not possible. But a VC's way of looking at this is to say, Yes, the likelihood that one specific company is going to be a mega hit is lower than say three years ago. But on the other hand, there are a ton of mega hits being um, produced. You know, Robin Hood is just talking about IPO at a pretty impressive valuation. Um, You know, and there are a ton of other companies, DoorDash, Instacart, um, that are all at the cusp um, of being like pretty amazing companies if they are not already. Um, and so I think the uh, 
the fundraising and the investing reflects the fact that there is a gold rush because these amazing companies are being created 10 12 years ago you know um i think i don't think we all realize that salesforce would be such a big hit or slack um would be such a uh you know such a big hit i think it's because of the fact that there are so many you know companies being created with 30 40 50 billion dollar market cap that i think you're seeing the fundraising mania um i think it's just natural uh as i said there are still more companies like this to be created very interesting and uh, uh you know uh, uh you left uh, google uh, you know, earlier there as a senior vice president and uh, you went on to build uh, neva uh, you know uh, what what uh, you know you could have looked at uh, uh, the, the process of a building a traditional saas company but you looked at uh, solving a problem where you know uh, creating a search engine without without any ads how did you go about you know uh, building neva and uh, and who are your target customers yeah no neva was created out of a desire to create a simpler better product for a very important problem all of us take search for granted it's just something that we do without thinking a whole lot about it we have taken the business model of search also for granted um and uh, vivek and i uh just sort of came to the realization that we could create a much better and very different product if we started with different principles um so that's how we created neva because we thought that mainstream search was no longer about the searcher it was about the advertiser we hit upon this bold model of having consumers become customers because we thought that, that was the best way to drive alignment between the search engine and the searcher so neva is the world's first ads free private subscription search engine we announced last week that uh, we were widely available in the us anyone can go to neva.com and sign up for it but at its core it is a product that focuses on only you um and uh, it's also a reflection of the times uh, the last 20 years in tech have been all about preserving option value companies want to say their customer first they also want to show ads they also want to package up data and sell it it's become increasingly difficult for consumers to tell who is on their side we want to create a simpler better product um and that's really how neva came to be uh, our early target customers are people that want an alternative to search uh up to 25% of people in the us for example have tried a different search engine okay. in the last month or so that's a lot of people um and so these people are the ones for whom we want to offer a simpler better uh service among the people that show a lot of enthusiasm for neva are people that care for privacy uh parents love neva a lot because they love the ads free experience and want their children to have the same kind of experience um and you can think of neva as a little bit of a countercultural movement that is saying that this ad supported ecosystem might not be the best for the user and the customer and if you look back on history people like netflix or hbo they have created genuinely superior products because of their business model because of their relentless focus on the customer um 
we hope to create in Neva companies that are similar to a Costco, to a Netflix, to an HBO, high quality product that come with no strings attached and no worries. Right. Interesting. And, uh, you know, you talked about a subscription-based model. So uh, are you looking to charge, uh, you know, B2B companies uh, for, for for this particular service or uh, something like what Superhuman does uh, with a superior experience? Yeah. So um, initially we're targeting consumers uh, okay. and uh, our price point, you know, we wanted the product to be affordable. Our price point is $4.95 a month. Um, and, uh, you know, the average Neva consumer searches like a dozen times a day. It's a daily use function. Um, right. And uh, we felt that a fair number of consumers would want to try it. Obviously, we've done sort of market research in terms of how many people will want to pay for a search product and so on and so forth. Um, selling to businesses is also in our roadmap. It is not the most immediate goal right now. Um, but, uh, you know, we, as a, for a business user, we allow them to bring in their own data, whether it's sitting in Google Drive or Office 365, our Dropbox, GitHub, Figma, Slack. And we want to give you like this one place where you can find everything that matters to you. Got it. And, uh, you know, uh, while, while you're building the, the product, you know, how did you go about, uh, you know, validating your idea and how do you get to know that you have the right product market fit for this uh, particular uh, product that you're building? Something as big as this, um, there is a lot of, you know, uncertainty because we are talking about a product that could potentially serve like every human being. Um, so we did things like how many people were unhappy with the current state of search, how many people thought there were too many ads, how many people would say that they would pay for a subscription search engine. Um, so we did lots of user interviews. Um, we also did lots of survey work. Um, it's really a combination of these that gave us the confidence that uh, there was a market for this product. Got it. And, uh, you know, uh, I understand that uh, it's pre-revenue right now. You've already raised, uh, you know, more than $70 million. Um, how did you go about with launching the, the product and get your, you know, first, say, 1,000 users? So all our users um, have been acquired by, you know, organic marketing, um, we uh, do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we get covered a lot because this is a hot topic and people right. care about search a lot. It is an important, uh, it's an important topic. And so, uh, as I said, all of our user growth comes from word of mouth, comes from like our coverage in the media. It's essentially organic marketing that we don't, uh, that we don't pay for hundreds of thousands of people have signed up to be trialers and testers of the product. Um, we are, uh, you know, adding five, 10,000 users almost every week at this point. Um, and so there is sufficient momentum, uh, but we don't actually spend uh, advertising dollars. It would be funny if uh, we did, but we right. don't spend any ad dollars uh, getting new users. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was wondering how, how does the internet search work for, for Neva? Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. So... Uh... 
part of Neva's challenge, part of anybody's challenge when they're creating a new search engine is that the definition of a search engine has evolved. It includes a lot more functions. People expect a search engine to be a calculator, to be a currency converter, to be a flight status checker, um, to be able to find images, local results. Um, and uh, so we work with a number of third-party providers, as does Google or Bing, um, okay. for things like local, things like stocks. Um, we also license web search from, from Bing, but we are also building our own stack for things like personal data indexing or for web search. There are things that you can do in the context of a non-ads-based search um, that you cannot do with like a traditional search engine. So in areas um, like shopping, for example, we are investing a lot into our own tech so we can create a superior experience. Uh, so Neva really is like a combination of existing services plus a lot of new things that we are building from scratch ourselves. Right. And and how many how many users does uh, Neva Neva have right now? So we have over ten thousand users. As I said, that number is growing very rapidly because we are openly available in the U.S. Um, and so this is an exciting phase of the company where you're like growing by, you know, many tens of percent uh, every week, if not if not every month. And so we expect that user number to uh, to keep going up substantially um, over the next few months. Yeah, and you know, again, how many search engine queries uh, are, are you? Uh, is the company handling right now? So we don't talk about how many queries, but you can. It's easy to infer some of these numbers. I already told you most users do more than a dozen queries a day. So if you do the math, that gives you an idea of uh, of roughly how many queries per day. All right, and um, uh, you know, I I understand that the other companies also like you know DuckDuckGo, uh, which which looks into into privacy. Um, you know, what can what can people do to increase their their privacy online? Uh, so governments are trying to give options to people. Um, First of all, even defining privacy is a challenging topic because this term has been hijacked by the advertising industry and by tech companies. So most people don't even know how to begin to think about it. We have a simple definition of privacy in an EVA context. Our take is that online privacy means that when you interact with a site, with an entity, only that entity should know about your interaction with them. It's not dissimilar to how like, we think about privacy when we have a conversation with a friend. Our expectation is that you know, when we discuss something with a friend, they're not going to go repeat it, post about it on social media, at least not with good friends anyway. Right. Um, and so our take is that at one level, privacy should be that if you talk to one site, it's between you and the site. Other people have no business knowing about it. That is the, that's a reasonable expectation. Given this, what are things you can do? Uh, certainly using a private search engine, whether it's a duck or a Neva helps because a search is often the starting point for lots and lots of work. Um, and whenever you click on an ad, for example, everybody else begins to know about it. So that's a start. The second one, is how you protect your privacy when you're on a particular website. I highly recommend things like extensions from Privacy Badger or even from Neva um, that does tracking prevention. It prevents third parties from snooping on what you're doing 
when you're on a particular site. Um, you'll be shocked. But if you go to mainstream websites, thousands of other companies try to keep track of what you're doing. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and so you went to some site and said, I want to interact with a Sports Illustrated, with a CNN. And all of a sudden, you find all of these other people are looking at what you're doing. There are perfectly good tools that are available, you know, that are available for this. Um, I would say these are probably like the two simplest things that people can do to make sure that their data stays private. Um, There's security-related stuff that honestly people should do. Um, using a password manager will actually be a big help for your privacy because if you don't have it, you're going to end up repeating the same password at multiple places. So your data security is at uh, risk. And so privacy and security are interrelated. But if you were to ask me, what are like the top three things that someone should do? Um, one, uh, as I said, would be to um, um, use something like a privacy badger or a Neva tracking prevention extension that gives you privacy. Second one would be use a password manager. It's about security, but it will still help your, it'll still help your privacy. And I guess the third thing, which is more again on the security side, is I would say for your most critical accounts, for example, your bank account or your cloud storage account, you should make sure that you have uh, two-factor authentication, ideally hardware-driven two-factor authentication. Uh, so it's a lot harder to break into, into those things. Uh, so privacy and security go hand in hand, but they're very important especially to prevent things like identity theft, uh, you know, which happens very, very often, is incredibly painful to deal with. Right. Uh, I, I think you, you pointed it way rightly about password manager, you know, privacy badger, and making sure you have two-factor authentication. Uh, For your most uh, important accounts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you, you, you talked about, you know, the role of the, the government, uh, you know, uh, last year there were, I mean, uh, two years back there was a big controversy about Facebook and uh, and Cambridge Analytical, uh, you know, data scandal. And, uh, you know, the government, news government has, has definitely, uh, you know, spoken to Google and Facebook uh, and, uh, you know, other, other companies on how they are treating uh, consumers' data. Do you think, uh, the government should be involved uh, more deeply into uh, into the data protection, data privacy, and and do you think you know going forward, uh, you know there could be a breakup of these big internet companies? Well, it's a complicated questions with lots of lots of different topics. Um, I think the government should definitely play a role in data privacy, simply because the internet is not going to regulate itself. We have not, like the, even the big tech companies have not done a great job in the last 20 years when it comes to data privacy and securing customers, okay? Nobody is going to. So the current situation is not, is not acceptable. So yes, GDPR was flawed. Um, and uh, yes, we sort of need more uh, you know, options. We need more carefully thought out things. Um, but as I said, it is not going to come from private tech companies. So the government has to play a muscular role in making sure that there is competition and in data privacy. And I think the fact of the matter is that um, many tech companies are at a size um, where they're very large uh, and they're very monopolistic. Uh, and I think it is uh, an active hindrance for innovation. So I think there is definitely a role the governments also have to play in the topic of antitrust. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of activity in the US, uh, as is there in Europe and also in India. So I won't comment on these, but I think people are waking up to the fact that A, the internet is not going to regulate itself, and B, um, the largest of the tech companies have too much power and too much influence um, over things that honestly are better suited for the government. So you're definitely going to see more action on both these fronts. Right, got it. And um, uh, you know, Shraddha, you've been you've been uh, an immigrant uh, in in US. You've done very well for yourself. Uh, uh, you know what what uh, you know what should be the responsibility of of an entrepreneur and uh, an immigrant towards towards society so that they can they can do more good. Obviously, US is uh, is a land of immigrants. But uh, what what are your thoughts on on the responsibility? Yeah, I'm an immigrant. I came to the US about 30, uh, 32 years ago. I'm a naturalized citizen. Uh, I got enormous opportunities that I'm very grateful for. 30 years ago, if you were to tell me that uh, you know Sundar would be the CEO of Google and Satya would be the CEO of Microsoft, we would not quite have believed the person that was saying that. Uh, so we've been given enormous opportunities, uh, you know, and I, I include myself in that list. Um, I think it is important for us to understand our history both in India and in the United States. There are tons and tons of, there are many people that simply have not been afforded the same opportunity. Uh, and I think it is important that we try um, in the context of both our companies and in our personal lives to make sure that we stand up for the rights of others to have opportunities to succeed. There is no reason to believe that any you know, young person is unmotivated about success just because they happen to be born to somebody or you know, that they grew up in a particular town. Uh, I grew up in small towns all over South India. Um, and to me, that is the biggest message. We have an obligation. We have a duty uh, to give back. Um, you know, we do at Neva, we do small things. We are a small company. We try very hard. Uh, to make sure that we have a diverse workforce. We support programs um, that uh, help people get good jobs even after they get a, like a college degree. Um, and we know we should do more. So I would say that is the biggest message um, that I would have, which is the fact that we have access to all of these amazing opportunities is a gift for all of us. Um, and we need, we need to think that um, there are many others that just simply don't have similar kinds of opportunities. Um, and it's, it's, it's our duty to put our hands up and help. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think very, very directly uh, put. So uh, should I quickly want to the top three? Oh, what's your favorite business yes. book? Uh, there are quite a few, but I would say the, the book that moved me a lot, I learned from a lot, is a book on negotiating called Getting More. Uh, the author is Stuart Diamond. Uh, there are two or three other books like this, um, but it really teaches you that negotiating is about both parties winning. It's like trade. Um, when you negotiate, you want to make sure that both the parties come out thinking, I got a good deal here. Um, and so that was a profoundly moving book um, because it is also about human psychology. And once, once you read books like this, um, you're just a much better negotiator because you're a kinder negotiator. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, I think I need to read this book. I'll put that in the show notes and hopefully get to read this book. more. And, uh, you know, Shreda, uh, if you could go back in time when you started building Neva, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? 
You know, every startup has a few twists and uh, you know and turns. We started on the looking at the enterprise side and then shifted over to being a uh, to being a consumer product. Um, I think uh, every startup is always a combination of planning for a future, but also taking care of things that are more independent. I'm pretty happy with where we are. But if you were to ask me, uh, I would say we even the U.S. launch that we did. You should have pushed to be faster. Um, I think it's one of those things where getting your software, getting your product at the hands of lots of people really does help a lot. So, you know, um, and that is the one thing that I wish we could have pushed harder on sooner. Got it. And, and do you have any favorite online tools, example, Gmail, Slack, Zoom? There are quite a few, but, I, you know, I thought about your uh, question, you know, if I think about your question a little bit, I would say probably the browser is my favorite tool. It is so versatile. You can do so many things with it. And, you know, in 2021, I think there is so much innovation still waiting to happen. I find that fascinating. Got it. And uh, 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 what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about Neva? Well, first of all, uh, I encourage folks, especially in the US, to try out Neva, neva.com. Sign up is super, super easy. Um, and, uh, if you want to, if you want to drop me a line, DM, you can DM me on Twitter. Um, or, uh, you know, my name is a little funky, Ramaswamy Sridhar, but it's easy to reach from at Neva. Um, you can also drop me a line at, uh, uh, Sridhar at Neva.com. We'll, we'll put that uh, in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time and speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Thank you, Rohit. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.